This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. And she went ahead and stole my identity, I guess. I did not. This story gets better and better. We got stolen identity, sexual seduction. (laughs) This is great. girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. It is so good, like really, really good. So, so good that I decided to make this episode two episodes. Yeah, we're totally going there. I'm also going to ask you to invite your husband to listen to this episode. And the reason why I'm going to ask your husband to listen to this episode is because there's a whole lot of information that's going to be given to you. And you're both going to want to hear it because you're going to both listen to it from both a male and a female's perspective and just really gain that understanding. Probably even provide you with some insight as to how you might relate with this couple. This couple... I'm not going to give their names out, and I'm purposely not going to give their names out because five, ten years from now, I want them to have that, what is the word, anonymity? I don't know. I'm trying not to sound like totally educated, but I want this to be completely confidential to protect them. But not that they need protection. It's just I want this to be confidential, and I had told them it was going to be confidential, and that's what allowed this session to just flow. They were both vulnerable. They were both raw. We tapped into where they were in the beginning and where they are right now. So let me just get into it. This couple are high school sweethearts. They have been together for 15 years and now have three wonderful little children. 
The wife is a teacher and the husband is supporting technology within the schools. Their lives are very, very busy, especially since they have little ones. You are going to hear their little ones in this podcast recording. Nevertheless, they enjoy spending time together as a family, even if it's just as simple as a walk to the park. Through the workshop, they've been able to reconnect and understand one another, leading them to a more fulfilling relationship. Ladies, when I tell you it's good, I mean it's really good. I'm so proud of them. They took my workshop. It is a two-hour online workshop that I'm releasing this week. They took the workshop, and I'm going to tell you right now, night and day, literally night and day, the husband, oh my goodness, bless his soul, just him opening up, sharing, and as I'm going through each exercise that I teach you in the workshop, you can hear, like you can literally hear therapeutic vocabulary. It's like crazy. It's psychoeducation, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's as if this man had gone to like four or five couple sessions. That's how good it is. And that's how easy it was for him to implement it into his life. So ladies, I'm promoting the workshop this week and it will be coming up very, very soon. I'm hosting it on September 7th and I'm giving you two times. So definitely get on that track right away. I want you to listen to this podcast episode with your hearts open and your husband right by your side. So thank you guys both so much for coming on here. We got your two little ones with us. So I want to get an idea of like, first off, how did you guys meet? Um, well, through a friend. We, I was in high school. He had just graduated high school. So back in like okay. 08. <laughs> so it's been quite a while. <laughs> All right. So you guys met in high school? Somewhat, yes. I was, I was, I was already out of high school at the time. At the time, I was a bit of a gamer in which I used to be a competitive gamer. And uh, her brothers played. So uh, the mutual friend invited me over to go play against them. Yeah. So we did. And she came up and started saying, well, I want to play. And she was actually good. <laughs> uh, compared, the most, compared the most. So uh, that kind of intrigued me since we had that. So it became more of a, I just kept showing up. And then little by little, at the time I was dating someone else. Okay. And then... Uh, we had broken up. She we was don't actually, like her. Oh, okay. <laughs> we yeah, won't say her name. We won't say her name. Yeah, she was a bit of my uh, support after that. And then uh, I did start dating her for a bit. And then uh, the ex did come back into play. Mm-hmm. And where I didn't want to have any regrets. Yeah. So I gave the ex the other chance. But, I mean, it was maybe a week or two. Uh, we, we had this moment at a uh, winter dance in which I never forget <laughs> at all and uh tell me about it it was we were just we had such a great time there was a the song that i know that just like i felt on was uh snoop dogg's sexual eruption (laughs) all right (laughs) we're not holding we're not holding back here but the thing is it was just the way that we danced like there was nobody else in the room even though it was a crowded area 
Yeah. And I just saw her, and that was it. And after that, I just, she, she couldn't get out of my head after that. So I ended things with the other one. I said, I'm done. I, I, I found, I found her. So we've been together ever since. Um, I waited about seven years until I actually proposed. Okay. But that was because I made a promise to her that I had to be financially stable. Yeah. To put the ring around it because I heard too many stories that, the, you know, leading divorce was because of financial issues. Yeah. And I wanted to go into that not having that at all. Yeah. So as soon as I got that down, it was it was done there. Nice. And it's funny because that's actually one of the things that had me move over to where she was going to school at. Um, I was looking for a change. And uh, I guess she said the idea of me moving over, I was like, she's like, why don't you move over? I said, well, I would need a job and all that. Yeah. She recently just did my taxes. And she went ahead and stole my identity, I guess. You I did not. <laughs> this this story gets better and better. We got stolen identity, sexual seduction. <laughs> this is yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, she started applying the jobs over here. For well, me. he said, well, then get me a job and then I'll come over and live with you. Yeah. Because we were long distance and it was no fun when I was in college. And I said, okay. And so then he started, I started applying for jobs for him and he got a bunch of calls got a job and moved over and mind you i don't know what she was putting on these applications because i was already looking for work where i lived and was not getting any callbacks she puts out a few and i was getting calls and they're like okay when can you come in for an interview i said oh where are you located oh you know tampa and I'm like yeah yeah I mean, you have it. <laughs> and yeah once i got the job uh i moved over you just have to know what to put mm. on the application that's all so yep and then we got our first little yeah. apartment together you know, we had a few of those. We got married and now we have three lovely children. So I want to go back to, I want to go back to that, that feeling that you had, you know, for, for you with just like feeling like you guys were one, like you guys were unified. And I love how you described it. Like we were the only ones in the room. There was just that, that, that connection for you. What was that connection like? So I understand his Tell me how you knew, like, what was it about maybe that night or maybe another night where, where you knew you wanted to go ahead and pursue this more? I mean, I think it was along the Mm -hmm. same lines where we weren't really paying attention to anyone else. Nobody else really mattered. Um, I think it more so has to do with like, he provided like safety Mm -hmm. and security Mm -hmm. at the same time. Like that was a big piece too, because I I don't I don't still to this day I don't yeah. trust people. Like you have to yeah. earn my trust, and yeah. um, I was able to trust him with a lot. So for me, that was a big. Part it's of interesting it. because that's a common answer for most women: safety, security. Mm-hmm. Like I need to make sure that I feel safe. I feel like I can trust you because, you know, although attraction is there those are usually the primary needs for women. And what's even even more um, great kind of about what you said is feeling as if it's just us two. There's no one else there. There's that instant connection. A lot of women are under the assumption that men are just looking for sexual seduction. However, in reality, it's what men are really seeking is understanding and that level of intimacy, that that connection that you described so perfectly, you guys both did. 
And so I'm glad you guys were both able to highlight. So when working with couples, one thing I ask them is this question. And I'm in order for me to take them on as a client, it's very, very important that as they start to recall the past, there's like this level of excitement. And I got to see the level of excitement in both of your eyes. Um, and then like, as you guys are describing this, I, I'm inside of that dance hall watching you two dance to sexual seduction. I'm like, oh shit, all right, get it, get it, right? Like I, I could feel it. And then when, you know, you mentioned that's that trust and that security, I, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust easily. I trust no one. And this one right here, you know, with my partner, I felt so safe and it felt, you didn't use the word easy, but it just seemed like, no, this is right. It, mm-hmm. it feels good. Yeah. Okay. So then we had babies, right? You found a job. You yeah. ended up, it sounds like you ended up moving over there. Um, so take me through the first couple years of your guys's marriage, the good, the bad, the ugly. So we got married in 2015 and we had our first in 2017 and then it was 2020 and now 2022. So it's been kind of a Mm back-to-back expansion. Um, I think, I don't know. I would say we're resilient in the sense that we're able to come back from our issues. Like when we have an argument or a disagreement or like we close one another off or something like that, we can come back to it and start fresh and be good to go. But I feel like we keep hitting the same potholes over and over about the same issues that we've already discussed or I thought we solved or that honestly may never be solved. So I don't know. It's been like a roller coaster and it's never gotten super bad, but it's definitely frustrating when it's the same issues over and over. I start to get borderline cold hearted about it because I'm like, here we are again. It's the same thing. And I just kind of like move on. Absolutely. (laughs) How did the, how did the relationship change after the first child? From my perspective, the attention was taken away from us and put more on the kiddo. I mean, he has basic needs that need to be met. And then at the, I'm a teacher too. And so I, I'm teaching all day with all the little kids and then I have to come home to little kids and I just get tired. And I think he's like, you're not paying attention to me. I don't know if I'm speaking for you. That's what you've seen for, for yourself. Okay. Yeah, that's. What would you say? What was the change after having your first child? After the first child, I mean, there was getting used to, let's say, maintaining a family in the sense where before, one of the ways I describe us is two independent people that that are together. We both have our ways. We both I know if something is to happen to me, yeah. she'll be fine. That was one of the things that led me to the attraction to her because with my previous relationships, like I had one that was nine yeah. years older than I was, but acted nine years younger. Oh. And where it just became those kind of things. One of the things that Eric, um, that she opened me up to was accepting someone for their mm-hmm. faults. Not just pointing them out, but trying to yeah. understand them. Um, and I never really had that before. So that kind of eased my I guess, the pressure when it came to the relationship. 
Um, so trying to maintain the household, um, at the time I was the uh, main um, income for it. I mean, she was a teacher, but with my job, I actually uh, was practically yeah. a branch manager. Um, but it got to the point where the work-life balance was just getting way too high in the sense where I, I wasn't, I was providing in financial, but I wasn't providing there like physically no. or like emotionally. So then, um, you know, we came to the conclusion where once I finished my degree to actually follow that career path in which I did. And now I actually work in the same uh, department. Um, and then we now have the same schedule. Uh, but that did drop me quite a bit in the financial aspect of it. Um, and then of yeah. course title, you know, the bottom yeah. of everything. So that was a, one of the biggest changes I have to say that I had to do. And, um, you know, we previously just a few weeks ago where we had to make, we were going to make another decision where I would have to take another step mm -hmm. back down to yeah. no income. And, you know, as for yep. the way that I was brought up, the father, the, the man, you know, it's, it's an ego thing, but me making sure that the family is where it needs to be was the priority. So I would have to say that was my biggest change going to, and then just adding yeah. more kids to it more and more. Well, you know, in so many ways, you know, you mentioning about safety, security, trust, and then for you not wanting to go ahead and propose to her unless you were able to to provide, right? And so all of those three are highlighted. One thing that definitely makes a relationship work is being able to be independent, both, both individuals. Both must be independent so that in the relationship, they can be interdependent. They can be the best of friends. However, often, you know, often when there's shifts in roles, when there is a baby that comes in, you guys hit it on the mark. The attention goes elsewhere, right? And then now we have more stressors, more and more stressors. And we know they're there, but we don't want to trigger our partner. We don't want to get them upset. We don't want them to feel scared. And so we'll take it in and we'll go ahead and do whatever we can to address the issue. But then we start to feel that bit of a struggle and maybe even a little bit of resentment, right? Feeling as if, you know, yeah, we have this connection and yeah, we're able to come back from it. But why do I feel like I'm on an island by myself? Why do I feel like I'm kind of the only one that's taken in all of this responsibility or that's taken in all of this worry? And I can't necessarily communicate to my partner because I either don't want to stress them out or when we do have those conversations, at the end, I left un misunderstood, unheard, rejected, dismissed, criticized, shamed, or even worse, the problem doesn't get resolved. And I know eventually it's going to come back up again. And so we both shut down, right? And ignore that it even happened. Still carrying that pain, right? A lot of us, yeah. a lot of us are in that. And you mentioned, you know, 
keep on going back to the same problem. In relationships, in all of our relationships, we will have what's called, Gottman, Gottman calls them perpetual problems and solvable problems. Perpetual problems are problems that maybe are attached to some level of past pain that we haven't healed, right? So they're a trigger for us. Our partner doesn't doesn't understand how much of a trigger they are for us. They're a huge trigger, right? Again, it's past pains that we haven't healed. The solvable problems, well, there's no emotional attachment to it, you know? Might be something as simple as, hey, dishwasher's broken. Okay, well, the dishwasher's broken. All right, so we'll go ahead and save up. And we'll get to that point where we're able to go ahead and get it repaired. Or, you know, if we're in an apartment, we'll go ahead and call, you know, the landlord and have them address it, right? Now, if the dishwasher's broken and one of you have had maybe financial struggles as a kid and something was broken in the house, mom or dad might have reacted you know, and made it something so catastrophic and you were punished for it. And then in addition to that, you had responsibilities to go ahead and pay some of those bills. And guess what? That was added to those bills you had to pay when you were 12 years old. You carried on that burden, right, of your family because they placed it on you. Or a solvable problem, Okay, we'll call the landlord. No big deal. There's no emotional attachment. Dishwasher, childhood trauma, perpetual problem. And you guys aren't trained to go ahead and dive deep. Most of the time, we don't want to dive deep. We want to just get this conversation over and move on to the next one because one of us is going to yell and we want to get past that, you know? But that's that's the goal is being able to understand the difference between the two. We will have arguments. I've been married to my husband for 22 going on 23 years. And I'm going to tell you, I will have perpetual problems or perpetual arguments with him. However, being able to understand, wait a minute, this is triggering something for him. This is triggering something for me. I can't fix his, but I can definitely address mine. Understanding the difference between the two. Go ahead. So. I think Mm -hmm. for me, I see a lot of things as just like solvable (laughs) problems. Dishwasher's broken, we fix it. This is done, da, da, da. So, and in my brain, when I'm Mm -hmm. walking around the house, I will verbally point, sometimes I don't, but sometimes I'm like, oh man, I got to pick that up. Or, oh, I need to clean that. Or, oh, that's dirty. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, that needs to get fixed. And I just say these things because I'm just noticing them and pointing them out, not really even Mm -hmm. telling anyone to do it. But apparently Mm -hmm. for him, it like triggers him (laughs) and really bothers him. And he gets like upset about it, but I'm not telling, even telling him to do anything. I'm just, sometimes I'm just straight up thinking out loud. So with that, go ahead. (laughs) With that, I would have to say, because now that you kind of, the way that you pointed it out, that childhood trauma, I guess when my mother would say things out loud, that means either I get it cleaned yes. or you're an asshole. For me, I was the oldest of five in a single parent household. That was my job. I just went around and took care of everything. How did I become his mom? The empty promises just aggravate me so much 
He says he will do something or take care of something, then he doesn't. The passion is so low these days that I feel parenthood and other commitments are taking control. I want to feel like it's me he wants to spend time with. Communication has always been a weak point for us. He says things without thinking. I try to logically work through things and he reacts emotionally. I try to say what I feel and in a constructive manner, he takes it personally and attacks me. My relationship with my in-laws feels damaged. My partner always supports them and never me. Boundaries are a confusing topic for me because I'm a helper. I have this innate need to help anyone I can. Ladies, does this sound familiar? I understand that it feels like you're on this hamster wheel with your partner. I know you probably feel alone and unappreciated in your relationship. I know that you have put your family ahead of your own needs and try to avoid conflict as much as possible. I know you struggle with not feeling loved the way you want to feel loved. I also know that you hate to admit that the laundry and the dishes get way more action than your partner. Whether you're currently feeling disconnected from your partner or are sick and tired of the blow-ups, it's time to change. And nothing will change if nothing changes. As a therapist, I've worked with hundreds of women just like you, ready for change. I have provided them with a step-by-step tailored plan to strengthen their relationship and reconnect with their partners. Are you ready? If you are ready, then what are you waiting for? What I want you to do is I want you to sign up for my workshop. Go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Again, that's empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop and sign up for the workshop scheduled for September 7th. You have two options, either a 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or a 7 p.m. Mama, you get to choose the time that works best for you. And then it's going to be me and you and a group full of women that are experiencing the same thing, ready to learn, ready for change. See you there. So you won the workshop, right? There's a workshop that I have and I was giving it. So there was a contest that we had. So let me give a little backstory and I'm going to get to this right now. So there was a contest I had on peanut and there was like four steps that you had to do in order for you to be entered into this contest. And then every Friday I was announcing a winner, right? And, um, you had won the workshop, right? I was so excited. I was super excited because you were already listening to the lives. You were very much engaged, right? And so you were able to go ahead and do the workshop. Well, both of you were able to do the workshop, right? So with Mm -hmm. that workshop, I'm going to take you guys to the first section. And that first section, we talked about how your past is impacting your life how the roles of both mom and dad have inserted into the relationship between your partner. And I love that you both gave the example of what it was like to come to, to grow up, right? It sounds like for you, um, and I'm purposely giving, um, keeping their names anonymous. And so I'm pointing, if you guys are like, who the hell is she talking about? I'm like literally pointing (laughs) to them. So they have an idea of who I'm talking to. So, you know, with, with you, you were able to say, There was a complaint. It got done. I was the one who did it. So I heard the complaint. I assigned myself or or it was assigned to me to get the job done. I got it done. For you, it was, there's a complaint. 
holy shit, shit's about to go down. It's about to go down. I'm either going to get an ass whipping or I'm going to be blamed for this. So right away, you go into fight or flight mode. You go into problem solving mode right off the bat. So from that first exercise, what did you guys learn about each other? With that, with, so I would have to say I, I kept listening to that maybe. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Like, like, okay. <laughs> I didn't I, know that. I was actually surprised when I asked her, hey, did you listen to it yet? And she was like, oh, not yeah. yet. I skimmed through it. And I don't listen to yeah. it maybe four times. Why? Why did you listen to it four and times? One, when she sent it to me, I felt as if it was something important. One, for her to send it to me like that. And also, we just, I mean, we just kept bumping heads so frequently and so hard. And I wanted to resolve it. I didn't want a situation where, like, I'm just regretting everything, that all my yeah. decision-making, you know. Um, and I still kind of do that from time to time, you know. Did I make the right decisions of... You know, yeah. like the financial stuff, those things. But when I now I've been reflecting a lot more on those uh, on those, I guess you say tips or like things to think back about. So like I've been taking my time when it comes to when I'm receiving, I guess, I guess you'd say the complaints. I'm taking my time. I'm like, all right, give it a second. And then also you pointed out that men are, you know, in their fact, when they find, when they hear the a fixers. problem, they have to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things that, like, the other day, it was a, an example where, like, she came in and just started, like, pointing these all out. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'll get it done. Like, when she calls me on the phone and then she's, you know, just letting me know the list of things that she has to do, I'm already in my head. Okay. If I move this here, I'll have yeah. time to do this here. Then I can have this here and that, that, and then she gets somewhat, I guess you say, annoyed with me when I do those kind of things because then I yes, sound frustrated. Which is a trigger for her. I'm annoyed which about is it. a trigger for her. I'm a little yeah. annoyed about it because yeah. now you threw a crowbar yep. in my plan and I like to try to plan things. I don't really tell her everything I'm going to do. Like when I get home, you know, um, there's certain things I want to do before the kids get home because I know it'll be the only time I'm going to get it done. Um, sometimes, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a gym rat. So like when it comes to the, my workouts in the afternoons, I try to use that time yep. since there's no kids here. I have a home gym. I try to use that time to be my more intense workout so I can let out everything, all my stress, all of it, all of it. But then I get a phone call and since it's her calling me, anybody else that calls me and it's like, eh, you know, whatever. When she calls me, I will answer that phone unless I'm busy, busy, and I call her right back. It doesn't matter if it's just yeah. whatever it is. She does like to call yeah. just to chit-chat. But then she chooses some yeah. of the wrong times to do that when she knows yeah. that I'm doing something. In the sense, I'm doing yeah. like this intense run out. Like if I'm running out and I'm out you know, in the sun running, 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 she calls me up and then says, oh, I may have, like, she'll give me a list of things that she has to do. So I'm glad you said that. From that exercise, this is a choice you are making. This is an active choice you're making, right? You are working out. Really proud of you for working out. 
And it is an active choice to pick up that phone. Active choice. So what did you learn about, right? We, we talked about the, the past relationships, right? If our, you know, our in-laws, right? What did you learn? How are you kind of mimicking some of the same behaviors as the behaviors that were in your parents' relationship? How is that a part of it? Well, with that, it was when my mother contacted me. It was because it was uh, an emergency. So since she is now, like, I guess you say, on yeah. that pedestal, that's why, like, when I call her, it'll be hit or miss if I yeah. can get it yeah. 50-50. And that annoys me a bit because I yeah. normally only call her when I need some sort of information. Outside of that, I'll send a text if that. But it's one of those things that if I'm calling her, but yeah. I'll be around here, anybody will call her. And but that's when I'm at home and I'm relaxing. Yeah. I'm not. Also shows me. I was like, you're able to answer all these other calls. And I see that. But when I'm trying to give you a call, I'm yeah. not getting... Okay. So I'm going to challenge you a bit. I'm going to take it with this exercise. I'm, I'm going to challenge you both, obviously. This is something you learned from your upbringing. Right? My wife is calling me. Stop whatever the hell you're doing. The whole world shuts down. The whole world shuts down. I need to answer this. I need to answer this. That's something that the exercise helped you realize. There is a connection between the two, right? What's happening though is the world shuts down and I'm getting called about Sally and homegirl's problems, right? <laughs> and I was in the middle of a really good run so that I don't drop kick or throw punch anybody, right? Trying to go ahead and relieve all this stress. And now I get to hear about Sally and her problems what the hell? Right. <laughs> and this is where I want, I want you to kind of reflect a little bit. Ah, I've attached these two. I get to make an active choice to return the phone call when I am done working out. But there is a little bit of self-sabotage because that same trigger, that same emotion comes up when my mom would call and it would be an emergency. It's an emergency. The world's on fire. And even if, let's say, my mom was calling me to talk crap about Sally, the world is on fire. Mom needs my help right now. Mom needs my assistance. I need to be the one that takes care of her. I need to be the one that solves this problem for her. You've taken on all of that responsibility. But what ends up happening is because we are making active choices to do these things, the resentment, the frustration, and that feeling of overwhelmment, goes to our partner. It's not something that you're consciously aware of. It's something that we do. And that's why that exercise was so important because I want you both to identify, wait a minute, one, what unhealthy habits have I learned from my parents and I'm now taking and embracing and implementing into my relationship so that I can start working on these things, right? And we're going to start yeah. to, we're going to start to personalize some of these things. Wait a minute. She doesn't answer the phone the way I answer the phone. You know, well, yeah, because the world's not on fire for her. Right. And so she's not, and she knows you're safe, or at least that's the idea. However, if she received a text message that said, 
911 answer the phone right now and she just so happened to be to see it i'm gonna ask you would she answer it that's all right that's that's that okay that's okay i'm glad you were able to answer honestly so what is so for right now the motion what emotion so we also talked about emotions and we also talked about flooding right and just for people that are that have no idea what i'm talking about flooding is when all of the emotions come up for you and we can't see past it right and we're flooded it's very hard for us to think clearly I'm not saying you're flooded, but some emotions are coming up for you right now. So let's go ahead and utilize that right now. So I think that's like section three. What emotions are coming up for you? Like as we're saying this and as I even saying, I don't know if she would answer. Is there rejection? Is there feelings of being unloved? Is there uncertainty? Well, it's more just like, I guess it's just. Since I put her so high on, yeah. I guess you said, a pedestal, and where I yeah. drop anything, and just kind of like the way that I've been towards her yeah. this whole time, and then to not feel it back is where I kind of just, and you know, when you, when you say flooding and all that, I would have to say that's also, it's kind of the way I kind of... Yes. When we do have our arguments, because it will then get to the point where it is just a small thing that happens, and then I push yep. away so far. Um, and that's because I feel as if I'm not being Lo- listened to, not feeling yeah. any of those things. Yeah. Um, and then, but then I see it mm-hmm. with others that is it's there. How did mom do the same thing? She was able to turn it off for other people, but she turned it on for you. Well, with me, it's... All right, so my relationship with my mother is a little different because I'm a middle child. My father mm-hmm. did leave at a young I age. I sense that. Um, I, did, I did not want my mom to see me as a burden. So at the age of about 13, 14... I started, I was the kid that was walking around the yards asking to cut grass because I wanted to buy my own school supplies. So in a sense, I guess you would say I distanced myself from my mother and from my sisters because I didn't want to be a problem. I didn't want her to say, oh, I have to do this, you know, and those things. I didn't want her to do that. So when growing up, it's always been like she never had like... I never, she never really had to call to check up on me because she was fine. Because she knew I was going to be fine. Ultimately, it sounds like for you, you yearn for that security and that protection and that love from her. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there.
What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Oh, hey, it's Aaron. 
And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind Podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.